it's your boy Herb. And it's your girl Mo. And welcome to our soon to be <laughs> world renowned <laughs> podcast, Young, <laughs> Black, and, and Figuring it out. it out. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How Amazing. Are you? Yes. I'm, I'm doing great. And you know why? Why? Because today we got a special edition of the Young Black and Figuring Out podcast. Shout out to Roberts Wesleyan College we partnering Ooh. with. Um, and their Office of Diversity and Equity, which I know a yes. little bit about. Can't lie. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So let's do this real quick. Uh, this is in honor of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And so shout out to Roberts. Roberts Wesleyan focuses on education for character and pushes students to connect to their or connect their head to their hearts and engage their hands. And right now. Yes, our alma mater, shout out to You Roberts. feel me? Yeah. And we got some special guests in the building from Roberts Wesleyan College. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and introduce my guy. Hey, Herb, Mo, <laughs> thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Daryl Bell, and I'm the Vice President for Institutional Advancement at Roberts Wesleyan College and Northeastern Seminary. Hey, Amen. Oh, Let's clap it up Thank for Daryl Bell. appreciate you. And also, here we have... Hi, my name is Holly, and I'm a new hire to Roberts Wesleyan, mm-hmm. uh, but I work in the Department of Teacher Education as the coordinator for Pathway to Teaching, which is like uh, an adult, working adult graduate program. Uh, so if you want to become a teacher. Hey, man. Beautiful. Shout out to that. Hey. Yes, I love this. You love that. I love it here. Good. Mm-hmm. I love it here. Okay. Um, so today we got a, a very, I think, important topic um, to all of us in many different ways. And so uh, just to set the stage before we dive into that, um, I think a good way to do that is I was actually just listening to the uh, audio recording of Barack Obama's book, Promised Land. Mm-hmm. And he said something quick, but it was it was brief, but it was it was really powerful. He said that when he went to Chicago... After he graduated from college, he realized um, because he was trying to figure out his racial identity because you know mm-hmm. he has a, a complicated background. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, he said that he realized that there is no single way to define black or no single way to be black. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about that, it's I think it's true. Like black is really a variety, especially as as our culture starts to ascend into different places mm-hmm. and we end up in different spaces. You know, uh-huh. um, black is becoming so many different things, and so. Um, even with that, though, we still find ways to connect. It's still things that connect the culture. So today, yep. I think we're going to talk about um, the topic will be being black and white spaces, yes. of course. And we're going to hear from a di- uh, variety of different perspectives to mm-hmm. show um, how that can exist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I encourage all of us, like I said, to be honest, to be true um, and tell your story because it will surely help people. Because like I said, black is uh, so different. And so yes. our unique perspectives yep. will surely help somebody. Yes. Um, so let's just... <clears throat> kick this off you know well um i think all of us have a, a story that explains our life journey but the first kind of question or thought that we all can work through is uh what led you to work or live in places that are predominantly white and what keeps you there uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. and and maybe we start off with mo first and then we'll uh jump to daryl and then come through here and then we all can just have a conversation you know awesome let's Ooh. do this oh yes um so it was a mistake I'm not going to lie. It was a complete and utter mistake. I don't know how I ended up here at Chupito. So let's go back to 2007 when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me just, you know, try to get into college. I saw Robert's Weston come in the mail. Mm-hmm. I saw it was a Christian school. I'm like, oh, I'm a Christian. Hey. Mm-hmm. I saw it said psychology. Hey. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I applied. I was accepted, like, early in, like, October. Mm-hmm. For the rest of the year, I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to college. At no point did I look up where Roberts was. 
At no point did I seek out what's the diversity. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. My Caribbean parents didn't know anything. They were like, oh, you're in college? Okay, good. My yeah. mother said, oh, you're going upstate? It's probably like two two hours away then. All right. I love that Beijing accent, by the way. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, it was a good six, seven hours away. I had no way of getting up here. You know, mm-hmm. that was a whole trek by itself. The point being, when I got here, I, um... It was different. I had never, <laughs> <laughs> I had never in my life North been. North Chile, right? North Chile. <laughs> North yep. Chile. We were like, this, yo, this yo, is Chile. No, no, listen, no joke. Up to that point, one time, just no joke. When we was coming up here, my first visit, I went to a hotel to stay. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the guy working behind the desk, I'm like, hey, we looking for, uh, it was me and my dad. We fresh out of Detroit. I'm like, we looking for Chile? Dude said, um, excuse me, it's actually Chile. <laughs> we like, damn. I didn't get it. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Yo, that's great. I had never had peers who were white. All my peers were black and Hispanic. So, and then I'm accustomed to Brooklyn, Flatbush, Utica, Nostrand, nothing yeah. but Caribbean people. Yeah. I was lost in the sauce out here. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. I can't drive. Yeah. All I knew was North Shaila. <laughs> Yeah. As far as I knew, this was Rochester. Right, 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 so right. it honestly wasn't until later in the first year that I was here mm. when we had um, first year STEM yep. and you had to do that group project. Yeah, for sure. We went out into the city of Rochester. It was the first time I saw other like majority black people <laughs> around us. Mm-hmm. No, this was the kicker. This is what got me. My classmates who were predominantly white, yeah. one of them grabbed my arm. Am I safe? I'm looking at her like what do I know I'm not from here not a surprise but wow what's the judgment from the other black people who are looking at me like what are you doing with this group of white people (laughs) (laughs) are you okay sis are you lost so that was your first experience stepping into that it was it was a lot of things that led to that understanding and I became more vocal after that moment Mm -hmm. but looking back I wish I was me now. Yeah, I wish yeah, I had yeah. stood up for me because that was rough. The yeah, culture yeah. shock alone. Was huge. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. And then what about your story? How, how did you work into the Beano spaces? So I've always been in higher education um, yeah. ever since I was a student. That's where I started out as a phonathon caller, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. um, I just feel like higher education has always been dominated by the majority. You yeah. just, even when I was a student, you just didn't see a lot of faculty of color. Yeah. Um, you didn't see a lot of professionals of color. And if you did, you saw them in support roles mm-hmm. or, you know, roles that worked in cafeteria service, you know, yeah, yeah, hospitality yeah. type roles. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I knew that that was, you know, my opportunity mm-hmm. to try to shift the trend a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. but I just, yeah, I feel like that's always been what I've seen. Yeah, for sure. Now, how about, so like, um, and you can or cannot answer this based on how you feel. <laughs> like growing growing up though, you know, how did that like what was your experience in that space? Like how was that like the culture around you? Oh brother. So I grew up in a in a lower class, right at the tip of middle class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, was the projects were right around the you know, right around the corner. But my parents wanted me to go to Catholic school. Yeah. So I went to Catholic school for five or six years. And then basically the nuns recommended that I go to public school because I used to fight all the time. I was one of a few minority students and, you know, they used to pick on me or whatever else. So I used to, you know, I used to throw down a little bit. (laughs) So then I moved over to public school and that's where a lot of the kids from my neighborhood went, whatever else. And it was still, you know, you had that identity, that lack of identity because you are now the black kid that went to private school uh, and, uh, you know, spoke well and yeah, had nice yeah. clothes and everything else. Yeah. So 
I always say it was like going from New Kids on the Block to NWA. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in both situations, you had to fight yeah. a little yeah. bit, you yeah. know, to just kind of stake your claim claim yeah. that you're you're a person mm-hmm. first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Love that. It no. was definitely an interesting experience for me. Yeah, especially to go from that and then go into the higher education. Yeah, space. but that's yeah. why I feel like I relate to all people, you know, yeah. because I've been in these different spaces yeah. and been able to navigate them, uh, you know, successfully. Yeah, love that. You know, I got more questions. I know we got more questions for sure, but I'm going to come back to that because <laughs> I want to hear from Holly because I know um, just from, from talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more recently, like sure. I know you got a unique, valid, and powerful experience yourself, uh-huh. which sure. I would love to hear. Sure. You know, my share. Yeah, I grew up here in Rochester um, in the suburbs uh, with predominantly white family, mm-hmm. predominantly white school. Yeah. Uh, my dad is white. My mom is black. Mm-hmm. So um, I am here because I was born here and mm-hmm. I remain here because I'm comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel this uh, Rochester is a place where I feel I can experience my white and, and black self, mm-hmm. though that is a struggle. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it more internally than it is externally. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a me, a personal thing that I am still grappling with, mm-hmm. um, how to be fully white and fully black. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned a promised land cause I'm reading it too. And mm-hmm. it's, Oh man, it's like a textbook of a great man, yeah. but mm-hmm. like politics and the world and everything mm-hmm. else being thrown in there. But truly mm-hmm. it's a book about, um, a man who did not see himself as great, but felt that he was great, mm-hmm. and yeah. how he yep. how he stumbled into greatness. Truly, yeah. I mean that's how it reads. He he stumbled, he failed his way up to greatness. Um, anyway, in the book, he talks about his biracial mm-hmm. self and how you know he feels that he was everywhere yes. from every part of the world, but nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> that resonated so much with me. The idea that I think people do think biracial people are black and white. Literally, mm-hmm. and and as if black was someplace over here on the left, and white was someplace over here on the right, and uh-huh. and somewhere in the middle is this place where black and white mix together to make this gray, and there you are. Yeah, when really, yeah. it, it's more like you know Barack Obama was explaining, it's it's nowhere. That mm-hmm. place in the middle is this mm-hmm. absolute void mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. no one. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one is there except yeah. for the other people like you, and you very rarely see them. Yeah. Right. You know, when I grew up, I only knew two other mixed race people, and they were my siblings. You oh. know, <laughs> so yeah. so and. In in terms of my black heritage, you know, my mom was from Alabama. Wow. And, and her leaving to come to New York was leaving yeah. the yeah. South. Yep. Wow. You know, she grew up in the Jim Crow era. Yeah, and different experience. She, yeah, and she was mm-hmm. not going back. Mm-hmm. And that has yeah. a lot of implications Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Um, and so she met my dad at MCC, and yeah. uh, and they got married. And, and, and that's... That's a beautiful thing, obviously, just a decade beforehand, you know, Mm -hmm. it was still considered legally impossible. You know, multiracial love did not exist. That's a a courage, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. And they did go down to the South for a little bit, but they shortly had to return because it (laughs) was not the place to be at that time. But yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm comfortable here in Rochester. I have not had a lot of experiences, you know, like you were describing, Mo, of just culture shock Mm -hmm. because I, I... I flow in this white space mm-hmm. yeah. o- often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what's interesting? I think, um, just to go what you're saying, like when you, I think the world a lot of times, like when, it, when you think about people who are biracial, especially black and white, mm-hmm. and the outside world looking at that, I think it's 
it's really hard. I don't think the majority coach are like white folks. Like once you have a black in you, I think people mm-hmm. see you as black. The one mm-hmm. drop rule. You know, the one drop rule. Once you got yeah. like, people see yeah. you as black. That's exactly so, what yeah. yeah, you know, and so mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering like for you as you were um navigating that space mm-hmm. and in those spaces, when you look back, do you remember any times where you was where you thought like, man, okay. I, I am black, or man, this is this experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite, actually. I think mm. in this area, I would agree that most people would categorize you. If you mm-hmm. have any bit of color, you are a person of color. Mm-hmm. But growing up as a child, I desperately wanted to be considered a person of color. But because I was growing up in a white suburb, I could not be that. Mm-hmm. There was only a few of them, and I could not join them because I was not black enough. Uh, <laughs> so, that middle space. You know, that yeah, middle. yeah. And you think, well, I'm 50-50. You know, how much, how much more do I have to be? <laughs> right, you know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, And I was desperate to be included in that. I yeah. mean, I was just desperate to be a part mm-hmm. of a defining group of people who were defining what American culture was. I wanted mm-hmm. to be part of the music and the dancing mm-hmm. and the literature, and but I, I could not get in with them. And mm-hmm. so I had to default to something that was comfortable, where mm-hmm. I was more accepted. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. obviously the term acting white, you right. know, became, yep. became a, a, a lifestyle, but also... <sighs> Pigeonhole? Yeah. 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 A real trap. Because, Mm -hmm. you you know, you're defining yourself. It's your childhood. You're you're becoming who you are. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, it's now that I'm raising teenagers, you know, and preteens that who are very, very little, very little amount, literally a drop of color. (laughs) 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 Um, And and trying to help them to see that the percentage is not the qualifier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be any any expression of blackness that you choose mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. It is a hard one because I am still trying to discover that for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what is black? And, and yeah. do I truly qualify? Yeah. You know, if I don't feel it myself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I yeah. appreciate you being willing to share that and talk through mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. are you sharing your journeys? You know, and just mm-hmm. a quick, uh, I guess, a quick, like, background to my personal journey as far as um, getting into white spaces. So I grew up in... So in Detroit, and people who hear this will know, I'm saying, like, there's, like, a, just, like, Detroit, Southfield, Oak Park, and all of that expression. Like, Detroit is one of the um, blackest cities in the country. Mm. Like, actually, Detroit is, like, 89% black. Wow. Or it was actually leading up to recently, you know, with the gentrification, all that good stuff. Yeah. was changing. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, the school I went to in the area, and then just my family, you know, like, my mom, mm-hmm. um, like, my grandma's from... Uh, South Carolina, my granddad's from Brooklyn. Like it's mm-hmm. just like a, you know, it's a black family. Yeah. That's good so, stock right there. Yo, right. good stock right there. Right? I feel and it. Then, I heard that then, too. Yes. Being from and then being in Detroit, and so you know, when I was like in school, I can remember honestly at Latham, which is not NT. Like I remember like one white student, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then the culture I grew up in was, um, you know, it's all the things that surround what people like. I would say the stereotypes around the culture, you mm-hmm. know, navigating through some of those things. Mm-hmm. And then my senior year, um, my mom got a new a new job, and we had uh, worked with um, some of the family to get into it. We moved to the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the school I went to was predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And that, like, all of the cultural shock and experience and all that, um, I think happened in that space. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> I'm like, yo. I'm like, listen. And my guys would tell you, like, some of the guys uh, that went to that school are close, my closest friends now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm wearing like the clothes I was wearing was different, big and baggy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was way different. <laughs> and then even, but even in that space, you know, because I brought a lot of the things like you mentioned, like 
the 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 fighting and the you know just how I was was way different just because mm-hmm. of what that produced. It's a certain level of grit that you have you just from gotta, the place that you grow yeah, up. Yeah, and so you have you gotta have that defense mechanism. It's like you just yeah. that's just who you are. Yeah. And so going into that space though, I think helped to set me up for going to when I went to Roberts. Like I went in there, and even though to be honest, I was in the school that's predominantly white. It was enough of us who were there who I just moved with those people who looked just mm-hmm. like me. Mm-hmm. So I had that uh, like around me with diversity, but I never experienced it mm-hmm. because I was still moving with people who right. shared a common understanding. But when I right. got to Roberts, there was none of that because um, it was so few yes. at the time. And even when I got there, I was still... Yep, a whole different person. Yeah, <laughs> you remember. I was way Ooh, different, man. We would not have been friends. I yeah, it took me... I had to really change a lot because I'm like, man, this is... um, It was just different. Herb, Herb Unchained. Yo, listen. <laughs> listen, Mo, I tell you, we talking, I'm like, like sometimes in that Promise Land book, yeah. it was one part where he's talking about his friends be looking like... They, they would look at him when he came from giving a big speech, and they was like, that guy? Mm-hmm. And my homeboys be doing that now. They like, him. You know what I'm saying? Chief diversity officer. That's funny. Like, that, what? That dude? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He was like, this dude? But, um, but that, you know, being in those spaces and then getting there and feeling so uncomfortable mm-hmm. is what really made me stay in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I want to help other people. Because I did not feel comfortable at Roberts. Like, mm-hmm. it's times where professors and people said things to me that I'm like, man. And um, it was such a welcoming place. They just didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. I know there's some people who got some PTSD from going through this. So I want to help change yes. it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I still exist in that space and kind of mm-hmm. allow myself to be there and navigate and deal with some of the things that we all deal with that might be, you know, mm-hmm. troublesome. It's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to help change that space, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so speaking of that, though, I want to know as uh, – for all you, you know, all you guys here, um, some of the things that we have to encounter, like the microaggressions might be the word, oh. you know, going through. And it's um, the reason why we would receive those would be different for all of us because mm-hmm. where you were. But, like, how did you, well, A, I'm assuming you all felt some of those things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you did, how did you navigate those? Like, you know, what are some, how did you get through some of those encounters either in your work life, you know, because you worked at a few places mm-hmm. um, in school. Where you at now? Like, how did y'all navigate? I would have to say the first thing is is don't react because it's really easy to just hear something and just want to be like, bleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not to react and to process it, you know, before you do encounter whatever it is that you're, you know, you're encountering. So there was a, a situation before where I was working at an institution and um, I was talking to, you know, one of the coworkers there and they were talking about their rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I didn't know you had a rabbit. And she was like, yeah, the rabbit stays with my mom because I can't take care of the rabbit, yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, oh, man, tell me about the rabbit. What's the rabbit's name? And she said, Shaniqua. Oh. And it was it was a white colleague. And I was like, mm. Interesting, because <laughs> I know this person, and I'm yeah. just like, you totally ain't the type to just name your rabbit Shaniqua, so yeah. there's something more behind that. Yeah. I'm going to keep digging. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, you know, what was it? because the rabbit's fur is black, and oh, I was like, tough. just mm-hmm. take a step away from that, mm-hmm. went to my office for a minute, mm-hmm. processed it, and then called her in my office and was like, yo, you <laughs> yeah. definitely can't go around saying <laughs> yeah, that to people. Yeah. Like, that's not okay, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I really take it as an opportunity to just try to educate people yeah. and not fit the stereotype of, yeah. uh, you know, an immediate reaction wow. and dealing with people, man. Yeah. Because 
I don't know. I just, every day I get up, I'm just not surprised by certain things, mm. you know? And I think whenever you meet adversity mm-hmm. consistently, you're mm-hmm. just not surprised, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? You're just, mm-hmm. actually, it's like you wake up waiting for something to happen. Right. That's right. us. And that's, that's the sad. Effect. Yeah. That's yeah. the effect. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, sure. wow. so yeah. did you get to a space, like, were you always in that space? You're like, yo, I'm not even going to trip. You know, I'm not even going to be angry. At I'm not even going to react. Or did you have to work into that? Well, I have. I had to work into it because <laughs> I mean, you're talking about. Like I said, you grow up with this certain level of grit. You know, yeah. I grew up fighting all the time mm-hmm. just because I've always been the type of person where, you know, I've tended to protect the people that were weaker around me and whatever else. So I've always like if you don't stand up for something. Then I don't I can't remember what the thing is. If you don't You'll fall for anything. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I've always yeah. just been like, hey, there's a way to handle this. You know, back then I was a little bit of a hothead. That's what made <laughs> me a great middle linebacker. But yeah, at the yeah, end of the day, yeah, I would like um you get to a place where you just realize that it's not gonna get you anywhere. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it just it compounds the tension and the frustration and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's maturity, man. Yeah. You yeah. get to a place where you just you handle things differently and take it as an opportunity to try to school, you know, the mm-hmm. young kids that are behind you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. So That's beautiful growth. What about you all? Like, how did you all, did you experience any of those things? How did you work through them? You know, any particular? Lord. <laughs> you said the PTSD and I'm like, oh gosh, flashbacks. <laughs> I'm having the flashbacks. But I remember like still freshman year, a lot happened freshman year. And I think that was probably the precursor to what? Of college? Yes. What mm. what it was going to be like for me. And like you said, you kind of found your little group. And there was few of us, but I had a little group to keep me safe or make yeah. me feel safe. Yeah. Who all, you know, shout out to New York City. A lot of them were from New York City. So mm. I felt even more comfortable. But, um, you know, freshman year, you're meeting people. And I'm a friendly person. So I give off a vibe of, hey, speak to me. And I remember one girl in particular, let's call her Francine. That was not her name. She um, <laughs> she was a very friendly white girl. But she, every time she saw me, she like, what up, Mo? Check out my bling. And say all these random phrases. And I'm looking at her like, okay. Yeah. Her friends around her looked highly uncomfortable. I was like, at no point is anyone going to tell her that this is wrong. Oh, I have to do it? Wow. <laughs> okay. So I took it took maybe a week and I was tossing and turning about it because I'm like, how do I confront someone who's making mm-hmm. me highly uncomfortable mm-hmm. speaking to me in a way that I don't mm-hmm. speak? Yeah. And I was like, hey, Francine, um, are you speaking to me like this because I'm black or because I speak like that as well? Mm-hmm. No one going to well, I know I don't speak like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she was like, because you're black, Mo. What's the big deal? And I was like, well, it's very offensive. I don't I don't like it. And she said, I don't, it's not that serious. Like, let it go. Mm -hmm. and so i would not say i was very mature then however i handled that better than i expected so Mm -hmm. i i started thinking i'm like you know what she doesn't get it she's just ignorant in this moment about this Mm -hmm. i need to teach her in a way that she'll get it so she being blonde i started twirling my hair (laughs) right because i'm blonde and i'm dumb (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the look she gave me was complete hurt and understanding all in one. Mm-hmm. Yep. She said, you know what? I get it. Mm-hmm. I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. I mean, we had four years of greatness. Like, yeah. we're Facebook friends. She's yeah. cool. But I had to realize, oh, gosh, they don't they don't know. Yeah. They, oh. And I felt so 
alone because in classes it was just yeah yep. me mm-hmm. and yeah. it would have been fine if it was just classmates because like uh, I don't know one time I'm singing Britney Spears I like pop music and the girl next to me was like yeah you rap and she started trying to do a beat for me <laughs> and I'm like wait <laughs> wait a minute I know you know Britney Spears there's no way you can mistake right. that right, for right, rap right. It's like the peers was one thing it was when professors would say stuff and that I couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I did not know how to be as mature yet because I was way too young. I just stopped going to class. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you, I'm here trying to fail. <laughs> That's yeah, what I was doing. Yeah, no, I get that. And it's and it messed up because even with your experience, like what you're explaining, is the people are in their mind coming from a good place. Like they're doing mm-hmm. the right thing. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to relate. I'm trying mm-hmm. to relate to you. We're you friends. Know? Yeah. And they will admit openly, I have never met another black person. Right. I have only seen you on TV. Right. Wow. Okay. Right. So now I'm a character. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that's and crazy. It's, yeah. And I mean, there were times where they're like, yeah, dance. We know you got the beat. I'm like, Lord, Lord, yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. This is not. It's not a menstrual show. I cannot just perform. Mm-hmm. And you can't just say that. And you can't just react without hurting people. And yep. I had people tell me, well, when you speak to me or when you say certain things, it hurts my feelings. And yeah. I'm like, but when I tell you it hurts my feelings, you don't care? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it was just this like, you know what? Let me just disappear. Let me mm-hmm. let me not even. And I did not attack it in a as, as a mature way as yeah. I wanted to. And you know what, though? And that goes to, I think, people seeing black as that single story again. Mm-hmm. And seeing, like, oh, okay, yeah, of course, you know, of course you rap, or of course this, or of course that, yeah, yeah. like that, you know? And so people got I think it's key um, for majority culture to understand, like, there's no single story mm-hmm. to blackness. And, and even, actually, when I think about that, like, um, for you and your story, you had mentioned that um, because you were um, lighter-skinned, even people in our own culture mm-hmm. and blackness may have mm. said it or treated you a certain type of way. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so yeah. would you be, would you mind speaking to that? Just like, how did you navigate that space too? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to, to pull up a, a circumstance in which I truly felt I am receiving racial aggression, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I grew up in a space in which I was able to, you know, the term, you know, code switch and yeah, I was able yeah, to yeah, yeah, play sure. that, that game. And it was something that was, um, that we were subtly educated about mm-hmm. in our family, you know, from mm-hmm. my mom to, to play the game in order to get mm-hmm. ahead and to, mm-hmm. um, move gently. Um, but I, I think for biracial people, there are, um, other types of uh, stereotypes that uh-huh. are present, mm-hmm. other types of pressures that are put, you know, like Mo, you were talking about how, you know, white people wanted to relate to you in a way that they felt you would enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that idea that if I relate to you in a way that makes you feel comfortable, maybe, maybe I'm sure their thought was subconsciously, I'm sure the thought was maybe you will accept them mm-hmm. because that's truly what they wanted. They mm-hmm. wanted to be closer to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you being aloof to their presence, you know, was, was probably very confused. They want to be close, which is why they try to relate, and it True. comes off in, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that's unacceptable. Sure. Um, but I, I liked when you talked about, you know, not leaving them there in that place. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a responsibility to catch this moment and help this person to see that if you continue to do this, you're going to change first of all fundamentally you are going to change into a white person that is not good anymore but Uh but also you will change other people you know i might be able in this moment to receive what you are doing and help you but you're going to encounter a person a black person in the future who is not going to receive you in Uh this way Mm -hmm. and and a whole chain of events could happen that can disrupt you know two people's lives forever but um something I was thinking about for my own life, and I don't know this, I don't know if this is a biracial experience exclusively, but when I was in school, um, my school was predominantly white, and, and that was 
okay with me. You know, uh-huh. I felt comfortable there. But um, something that I did encounter, which I would imagine probably happens in the college sector as well, is the idea that you are very smart. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I am surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, sure. and I don't know how to contain my surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel as an educator, I should tell you how surprised I am because mm-hmm. that will probably encourage you to continue being mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about that a lot because I, I homeschool my children. So they're, mm-hmm. they're not in the school and they don't encounter a stranger as their teacher. You yeah. know, someone mm-hmm. who's very close to them as their mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. And, and I do think a lot about how that impacted me. I still struggle very strongly with the idea of, of imposter syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. just feeling like a fake and feeling yeah. like someday someone's going to find out that mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. I'm not really yeah. white or I'm not really black or I'm mm-hmm. not really great at this or do that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it does stem from, from that time in childhood when I felt my teachers putting this pressure on me to be so great because mm-hmm. I had such great potential, mm-hmm. potential comparative to the other students who were yeah. struggling mm-hmm. because yep. of all the issues that we're talking about right now. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were they were not set up to succeed in right. that environment where I felt set up. And I often would ask myself, and I still do now even as an adult, what should I have become? Mm-hmm. I had so much mm-hmm. quote-unquote potential. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what should I have become if I yeah. was so great and so smart? And, oh. and I realize now as an adult, it was all a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like every other kid, mm-hmm. but I was set aside and raised up because of the color of my skin. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if I would categorize that as a microaggression, but I, I oh, do yeah, think it's something, yeah. it's something that I grappled with, and it's something that still affects me to this day. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a microaggression, yeah. you know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and I can, mm-hmm. I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing. Like people, it's that single story. Wow, you're, wow, you did so good on that. I'm, I'm right. blown away. <laughs> right. I'm amazing. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I get that, and that actually happened to me too. I was um, in in school, and once again, well intended. Like, I, I think all these things are well intended, but mm-hmm. uh, I was in um, I was in a class, and it was uh, it was a weird subject. It was like. Well, a, a subject that I didn't find interesting. <laughs> Unfamiliar to you. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Let me go ahead and uh, diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion, y'all. I'll go ahead and get that together. But um, it was like medieval history or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we had to Sounds see. brutal. <laughs> yeah. I love medieval history. Wait, the lords and the manor? Uh, Come on now. <laughs> See that's all the stuff you excited about. It wasn't. It wasn't all that. It was like 80, 800 page books, and it was great. Right. So, but, um, we had to do a paper, and I wrote this paper. Um, you know, I spent a, a while doing this paper, like mm-hmm. a long time. So I turned this paper in, and then the professor, um, after some getting grades back, he's like, "Hey, can I catch you? You coming on to my office later on today, and I'll talk to you." I'm like, "All right, cool. You know, no problem." Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm checking. I'm, I'm checking the rest. I'm like, "What did I do wrong this week?" I'm like, "Let me think." I'm like, "Nah, I'm good. I ain't really doing nothing." And then um, I come down to his office, and it was like. It's office in an interesting place. But, you know, I come in there. He's sitting there at this desk, and he turn around. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, oh, he's like, I want to say you something. Like, this is one of the best papers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He like, man, he like, and so I'm fired up. He like, yo, you get help with this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. nah. I'm like, nah, but I'm still fired up. Mm-hmm. He like, you sure ain't nobody help you? Did you wow. this? Did you that? Yep. And I'm like, nah, you know, I knocked this paper out. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hyped up. Like, okay, cool. I just wanted to check. This is like really one of the best papers I've ever seen. So wow. I just wanted to make sure, you know, you mm-hmm. you know, you know, didn't get any help or just how'd you get mm-hmm. to this point? And so I leave. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, y'all, uh, when I tell y'all, 
I came to Roberts to play basketball. So I mm-hmm. was an athlete student, not a student athlete. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to get to the point where, like, I'm on the dean's list and all mm-hmm. that. Thing. That took me a minute. But at this point, I was just making that turn. So I called my mom. I'm like, yo, she done seen some of my grades. <laughs> and we got some stories. I'm, I'm, I'm hiding report cards, y'all. All that. I'm, I'm hiding report cards in the couch. Like, she catching them on accident. <laughs> That's yo. funny. So I called her. I'm like, yo, mom. I'm like, hey. I'm like, my professor just told me, like, I had the, the best paper he ever seen. This is a tough professor. And I'm, she's like, oh, what happened? So I'm telling the story, and she's like, she's quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm she like, right away. I'm like, yo, I'm like, what's yeah. wrong? She's like, huh. Mm-hmm. She's like, why do you think you got help with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when it hit me. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow. Yep. Wow. I'm like, did he call anybody else mm-hmm. down there? Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, a moment when I realized, like, the, yeah. you're so smart. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Yep. That's one of the best papers, like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, well intended, maybe, yep. but in that space, it really, you know. But it happens more than you know. Like, the same exact thing happened to me when I played uh, at Cal U. Um, mm-hmm. It was, like, biology. Yeah. And I needed, I think I needed an A in that class to get a B in the class. Mm-hmm. And it was the final exam. And I studied so hard for this exam, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, didn't sleep for days, mm-hmm. studied for this exam. Took the exam, went home for the summer, got my report card, and I got an F. Mm. And I remember calling the professor, and I was like, there's no way I got an F. Mm -hmm. Like, I studied so hard for this thing. He said, yeah, you're the only person in the history of this class to ever get every single one right. He said, you had to have cheated. Stop You had to have cheated. And I said, said, no, I didn't cheat. He said, there's no way that you got a perfect paper. Like, Mm. there's no way. Mm. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, if you can give me the opportunity, I want you to reorganize the test, and I'll come up over the summer. I'll take it in front of you. Mm. I'll take it in front of you. Switch up the questions, whatever you want. I guarantee you I'll do the same thing. And I did it. And Mm. he gave me an A in the class. I would have got a B. Yeah. But um, he gave me an A in the class. But I feel that feeling of there's Mm -hmm. no way possible Mm -hmm. that you – Yeah could perform in that manner yeah crazy man that is such a powerful experience it's crazy i mean how Mm. how do you relive that and and find yourself in the place where you are today where you didn't internalize that and turn it into aggression towards others Mm. yeah aggression was put on you and 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 turn that out and Mm -hmm. transfer that how do you stay gentle i've i've always been the type of person where i feed off of that negative energy and Mm -hmm. i turn it into positive so I'm just like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh-huh. If you tell me I can't do something, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Let's get a little laugh out of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. That's real. Yep. I, I've never felt so angry so quickly on someone else's story in that mm-hmm. moment. But that, yeah. that, oh, I'm not okay yeah. with that. But it. that's what I'm saying, though. Oh. Like, you can't be surprised. Like, you just, right. nothing's a surprise anymore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, I've had very minuscule on that same level where, like, I, I was sick. <laughs> I had, you know, you remember swine flu? <laughs> Monique was sick that wow. week. It was the flu. It was not the swine, but I was out for the count. You had to with the COVID before COVID. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. I was the pariah on campus. Right. And, and I missed some classes. And so when I came back, I handed in my paper and I got like a B or B minus. Yeah. Now I'm a valedictorian of high school. A B or B minus is not good enough for oh, me. I understand. I, yes. I know. In no way, shape, or form was I okay with this B minus. I could have done better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sick before. I've written papers before, and I've gotten A's. I'm not. I'm not a B minus. Is yeah. how I felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the professor was like, "You did so well. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at the, you. I'm so proud of you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
proud? Are you proud of every B minus in this class? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. And then later, I remember I had a boss that said one time, oh, you wrote that email so well. Wrote yeah. that. I had an amazing English teacher in high school, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't, like, why Why are you assuming? Yeah. But why I are didn't, you surprised? I don't even think I react. I don't even think I, I ex, like, expect it anymore. It's just like, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I kind of just walk away. I feel yep. like I need to get better. I need to be more Daryl. Yeah. And you know what? You know, you know the, the thing The thing about that is that, to be honest, we um the reason why it's so important that people, like, listen to this and hear this is because, like, if you just look at, and I'm talking to, like, the organization or the people who are doing this microaggression to folks um, is when you even look at the research and the data, like when people come into spaces, you already have lower expectations mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. They perform at a lower level. Mm-hmm. You're not pushing them the same way. Mm-hmm. Cause they even did this in the grade school. They, they took two groups of students, mm-hmm. right? And this students, this a group, let's say group a, where students who excel at a high level, mm-hmm. right? Group B were students who uh, did not were actually lower performing, but they told the professors the opposite. Right, mm. the opposite. Mm. So they group A, which was the high excelling, they told them, Oh, this is the this group, mm-hmm. you know, low performing, not mm-hmm. that good, you're gonna have some trouble. And group B, they said this was the higher achieving. Mm. And group A performed exponentially lower. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Then people would have thought in this group though, it actually succeeded at a higher level than this group did before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? The mm-hmm. group over here that had supposed to be low performer, mm-hmm. they actually broke the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that's because the expectations around that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why, you know, when, when I hear things like, you know, grouping students in, in a way that's like, we're going to put the bad kids over here. And mm-hmm. this, like, we really setting people up to fail. Mm-hmm. That's what people are assuming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's important that people hear this and think about that, like what you're putting on these folks. And if you have those expectations, whether it be, implicit or explicit around mm-hmm. black and brown students like we got to try to change that mm-hmm. you know, as quickly as possible but i actually want to ask you um because you guys hinted at something earlier around colorism in our community mm-hmm. yeah. you know um i think that's a huge thing yeah you know colorism um and so i don't know if i guess i'll ask all of you like what like, why do y'all think that is? Like, if you really, and we ain't got to get deep. Like, why do we think, like, this colorism one. exists? You know, like, <laughs> and, and, go back to 1800s. And, right, right, for sure, for sure. <laughs> right. Or even better yet, like, what can we do now to help change that? Because mm-hmm. I know that is a huge thing within our community, you know, the colorism. Even uh, like a little couple of years ago, like, it still happens now, but not as much. But the light skin versus dark skin idea, like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's perpetuating something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you, um, experience you kind of spoke to that a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. or um if you can give some insight into that sure wow yeah that's a big that's a big one we ain't got to solve everything right <laughs> yeah, now no, you know? i know and, and you do feel that pressure you know to, yeah. to, have, to have a solution because i i do feel the white community wants us to have a solution for them if, mm-hmm. if, if it, and i'm not saying i would do this but if we are pointing a proverbial finger at them mm-hmm. they want us to come with a solution right, as right, well right, right. and mm-hmm. I, I understand why those things are working together um obviously the goal would not be to point a finger nor mm-hmm. to demand a solution but that, that's such a big issue colorism definitely i think for biracial people is felt on both sides never mm-hmm. white enough never black mm-hmm. enough Never truly one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's similar to racism in the sense that um, people are unique and different. And it's the idea of there only being one way to be a certain thing. Mm. And and if we go inside of ourselves and um, pick apart at that 
mm-hmm. fallacy mm-hmm. that that there is one way to be a thing there is one way to be a mom mm-hmm. there is one way mm-hmm. to get an education there's one way to be a certain race a certain kind of person a religion a, you know sexual mm-hmm. orientation i mean you could go the list goes on and on mm-hmm. and on as, as the world continues to change the list grows um i feel that colorism can be eradicated with an understanding that there is no one way to be a thing. I, I don't know a more profound way to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that the, the darkness or the lightness of the skin is truly an external thing. Mm-hmm. However, with a certain tone of the skin does come a very deep and rich heritage, whether it be white or black or mm-hmm. even even somewhere in the middle. And and right. different other racial right, racial right, combinations. Right, right, right. You know, like sure. you know, if you're Puerto Rican and black, you're gonna have a different experience yeah, than yeah, if you're right. you know Asian and black. And and mm-hmm. so there's all these variables. But I think it boils down to the idea that each person on the inside is is unique and so mm-hmm. If there is a way, obviously we don't want to be colorblind. That goes in, in oh, the no. wrong direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because right. That, that takes the uniqueness of a person and says, you're not unique. We're all the same and mm-hmm. we're all bad the same. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're all bland and plain the mm-hmm. same. So mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. But, but the idea that we all have color, but, and, and it, it is only skin deep. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we are, that is just the outside. But yet there is a deep internal significance mm-hmm. to that. So mm-hmm. I would say it like this. I have a friend who lives on this idea that there can be two truths at the same time that yes. seem very opposite. Mm. Absolutely. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. there can be something that seems hot and cold at the same time, and, yeah. and yet they exist mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yes, is our skin color um, only on the external? Mm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. That is true. But but likewise, there is a truth that our skin color denotes a certain cultural experience, which is deeply rooted inside of us and mm-hmm. historically significant. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is also true at the same time. Yeah. How do we help people to feel that, that only we can feel that mm-hmm. that those two truths are mm-hmm. existing mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. It is external that. and yet is internal. That. And if you choose as a white person to come toward me with an external view of race, mm-hmm. you know, then then we have blatant aspects of, of racism and, and even blacks among other blacks. We have colorism. Yes. If you just look at it externally, if yep. you mm-hmm. just look at it internally, then we have this idea of being colorblind, which yeah. is ridiculous so and, and, and hurtful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's having a dichotomy between two truths. I think yeah. if we could access that and somehow teach that, and I don't know how we would do that, yeah. these issues like colorism would fall away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. It's like existing in that space. Like, I, and it's true that we are, and this isn't, you know, this is gonna be like, it's gonna be smooth. But the world ain't <laughs> black and white. Right, right? It's, it's a gray right. area. Right. Right? That's right. That's <laughs> hey, right. hey, listen. Yeah. No, but no, so you know, it's like. It's this great area that mm-hmm. we can exist in. And I love what you said. Two truths um, yes. can yeah. can exist, mm-hmm. right? The polar opposite. I remember one of my professors, it was a um, philosophy, but he was saying, like, if I ask this lumberjack and then I ask the squirrel about this tree and ask them what is it to them, mm-hmm. they're going to say two different things. They're mm-hmm. both going to be right. One yeah. going to say home, one going to say firewood and money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm thinking like that, like, yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. yeah, so we can look at that mm-hmm. and experience that. I agree that'll help with the colorism. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's skin deep. But then culture, yeah. like skin color is a part of culture. It's not yeah. every yes. part of culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. for biracial people too, it's it's a struggle because externally you you might look like other people, but internally your yes. cultural experience yeah. is completely yeah. yep. completely sure. different. Mm-hmm. So there's sure. the ostracizing that, that occurs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what defines the idea of colorism. You know, the right. ostracizing of your own people. Right. Yeah. Because society will yeah. force biracial people of to course. choose one side or the other and then deny them once they do so. Exactly. It's ridiculous, but it's 
exactly. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I even I fall into that sometimes too, because when when I saw when I read the headline, I think it was a CNN, and it was like Kamala Harris, the first black right. and South Asian. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, bro, she black. She mm-hmm. was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like, y'all not taking this from us, y'all. <laughs> so for real. <laughs> but it's like, no, so you know funny. what? Right. That is her experience, right. though. Right. She's yeah. all those things, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the yeah. same time, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And it's I think it's hard because it's like it's in a way. Um, I think in a black culture, as somebody who's, uh, you know, um, darker skinned, right? I'm not biracial in that. But I can say um, it's easy to, to look and pick and choose. Like, yeah, this mm-hmm. one with us. Yes, yes. <laughs> this one not really with yeah, us, yep. you know? And yeah. that's not fair, though, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's almost like, nah, this is a unique experience mm-hmm. being biracial. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, because it's like we got a lot of unique experiences within being black. Because mm-hmm. I even love to hear from you being Caribbean. American, because mm-hmm. people see black and see you as mm-hmm. like, being Caribbean American and African American is completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you can yeah. even speak to your experience a little bit. <laughs> um, what year were we able to be outside before COVID? I don't know what year that was. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> At some point, we yeah, were able to like, leave, that right? Was, that was March of last year. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it's been 20 years. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't remember. But I went and visited a friend out in Delaware, and she was like, there's nothing to do in Delaware, so let's go <laughs> to I other places. That. There's nothing to do in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> we went to um was it washington dc mm. i saw the washington monument she's like let's go to the african-american museum like, yeah yes. and i heard that's deep too oh, and yeah. my buddy over here herb went he went mm. like a few months before mm. i went and told me i mean the richness how yeah. much you gotta be ready felt. for that yeah. you know and yeah. i'm like i'm going expecting i'm ready mm. i'm like yes lord we on this mm-hmm. and so my friend is haitian by um culture and then her fiance is with us Who's now her husband? Yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And he is Jamaican. And so the three of us Caribbean people are in there. And I'm, you know, we going through levels and like, and I'm like, girl, you feel anything? Mm. She's, like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no. I'm like, I feel so disconnected. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I have yeah. never in my life recognized how disconnected mm. I felt. And mm. I mean, a lot of that was just growing up in such a bubble. I was so sheltered mm-hmm. as a child, right? And my, my mother was very big on keeping me and my sister safe. So we weren't mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. recall playing in the streets yeah. too often. Like when yeah. the street light came on, I think that ended when I was seven. Right. I don't remember right. doing much, you know? Yeah. So like my parents were, you know, always around more Caribbean people. We ate our Caribbean food, you know, yeah. that's the most I know about my life. Mm-hmm. And so going to college, now I'm just around white people and chilling with people in New York City, mm-hmm. but not recognizing how un-American I felt or unpatriotic wow. I felt mm. in any way, shape, or form. If mm. you had to, like, like put a flag in front of me, I'll say, Bayesian flag, let's throw this mm. thing, and I'll be mm. ready. But <laughs> the moment it came to America, I'm like, I don't know nothing. I, yeah. I don't know yeah. nothing. Mm. And I went through all these, and we went to, I was on life at Emmett Till. I'm there, because that one, that story will always break my heart. And I see everything, and I felt nothing. And I've wow. never been more disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mo, do are you? What are you? Who are you? Yeah. How do you feel? Where? Where's your place? What's yeah. your identity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so that's been a whatever year that was because you know pre COVID I don't know, <laughs> but that's been, that's been an ongoing journey that sure. you can attest to that For I've sure. been really trying For to work sure. on understanding who I am, what place do I have in this world, yeah. and what's my cultural identity. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I love that because it's like yo, once again, black is not a single thing. It's like mm-hmm. that is different, you know. Mm-hmm. But but in the hard part is unfortunately when the world is out looking in at you, mm-hmm. like that's why you know for me I'm always. Not trying to like express or once I found that out, I'm like, yo, we got to get in the culture because yes. the world going to see you like that. And it's going to have some ramifications, both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. True. And, you know, but it's like at the same time, that's your experience. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's different. Yep. You know, and that's okay, but people I think people really got to understand that. And even being Caribbean American in white spaces mm-hmm. is going to be different than right. being African American right. or yep. Asian American right. or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know. And I can't even fault my parents cuz I mean they immigrated here. Like right. I'm first generation American. Yeah. My grandparents were in yeah. Barbados. They they now live like yeah. one is in London, one is in North Carolina. But we don't have any roots here. Right. I'm making right. roots here. Right. So right. like everything past, I don't feel as connected. Mm-hmm. But I know present and future. Right. I am a part of this. No one is gonna look at me and say, "Oh, you're a Caribbean. You get a pa- pass on what? I'm black. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that. Right. Right. You right. know." So yep. like now understanding, I have to set those roots and learn them yeah. for myself and yeah. my future family. I love that. Yeah. And, and there, I just want to ask for you. You know, as we um, you know, unfortunately, we come into the end of our session time. But I, I, I would ask everybody this. But um, for you being in, you know, being in these spaces. And uh, getting to like, I think y'all heard it in the beginning. Vice President, you know, shout out to mm-hmm. the C level. You feel yeah. me? He's so Sh- humble. Shout out um, to Dina Porterfield for believing <laughs> in me for real, for real. I mean, that's because right. that's really what you need mm-hmm. is, is a is a rising young black professional, is a champion that believes yeah. and really understands that there's a need to change the culture there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at 150 some years our school's been around mm-hmm. and there's been no black administrators mm-hmm. yeah. period wow. yeah you know but yeah. here our founders stood for being an abolitionist and right. yeah. you know all these different things and you're yeah. just like you couldn't get one brother right. to come up in there <laughs> yeah yeah until so, now yeah so she you know but it starts at the mm-hmm. top yeah. but sorry to cut nah, you nah, off that's good though that's a good good shout out you know yeah shout out to dino porterfield yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. shout out to that let me go ahead and do that shout out but, to the press yeah 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 appreciate you you yeah. know what i'm saying keep, Real keep, one. keep with the paycheck we don't play yeah. but no nah, right, but no nah, in all seriousness though like for you, you know, um, what do you, what would you say to to young people who are coming up in that space? Like, what is some, some advice you mm-hmm. would give? Because we won't, we not the first mm-hmm. black folks to be going through this, and we won't be the last. Right. You know what I'm saying? In our experiences, mm-hmm. for real. Right. So, what would you say? Because um, I'm silly say? like that. I think of the color purple. Every day I had to fight. <laughs> like, but but seriously though, every yeah. day you get up. Like the whole black tax, you got to be 10 times better. Mm-hmm. And even when you are and you have more credentials or have proven mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. you're just going to get disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you really have to be determined and understand what's your purpose in life. Yeah. You know, and that was, that came very evident for me over this past year as I talked to different, you know, colleagues in higher education spaces where, they're like, look, look around you in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Besides yeah. MCC, there's really no other vice presidents of color. Yeah. Like, you've wow. made it. Yeah. And wow. for me, like, I knew that I was pushing to change the culture and whatever else, but I guess yeah. I just didn't think about it from an external standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I have made it. But that doesn't mean that I stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that I continue to break down barriers for, you know, others at other institutions at some point. You know, while I would love to be at Roberts for my entire career, I feel like I really need to be that trailblazer, you know, to go to show that it's not just one white president that Mm. takes a chance on you and you get that job and you sit there and die in that job, but that you're desirable at other institutions, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that you, you're flexible and you can go and move around and create that path for other professionals, you know, and help to change the culture. I look at the work that we've done, man, you know, just from a diversity perspective Mm. at Roberts and, I mean, it, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, in the five years we've been there, you're talking 150 some years, right. 
in the five years we've been there mm-hmm. with the right leadership mm-hmm. and the right people that are pushing, you know, pushing the mission. Yeah. We've done a lot of good things, yeah. man. That's real. Talk that. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think it's it's about being intentional and that has to come from the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got to empower people, man, to have that, you know, not just having a diverse face just to say you got somebody black on campus, but, you know, put them in a place of uh, equity and inclusion to be able to be decision makers and to say, hey, this is the way we're going to go. Yeah. And this is how we're going to get there. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. I can appreciate that. that. Yes. Nice. That was great. Listen, listen to that and hear that, (laughs) y'all. So same thing for you. I actually, you know, um. Uh, y'all can't see. I'll ask Holly. So what, uh, <laughs> but no, what, um, yeah, for you, you know, like I said, I, um, and we had this conversation before, like your experience mm. is so uh, valid, you know, and powerful, mm. you know, and important. Like what would you say to uh, other people who may have similar experiences? Like what would be your advice to them as they navigate these spaces? Yeah, um, I'm definitely more of a peaceful person. So mm. I, I can come from that angle. That's the only angle oh, I, yes, can, okay. I can give. But I would say... Um, to resist the idea of, of being um, preemptively cynical mm. about every situation you walk mm. into. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say that from a place of privilege because I have not experienced a lot of situations where mm. I walked into knowing I better get myself ready to deal with something mm-hmm. here. Mm. That has not been my experience. So I guess I say that from a place of naivety mm-hmm. as well. But if it, were be, if it was possible to get to a place where you don't default to the stereotypical angry black, mm-hmm. you know, man slash woman, um, <laughs> because because and and certainly that is necessary. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. Uh, very little change happens without uh, pressure and aggression. Yeah. Yep. And and but you got to handle it the right violence. way. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Because every time you mishandle a situation, mm-hmm. you disqualify you know, a hundred other people coming behind you that will never have the opportunity to even get to that place because mm-hmm. you mishandled the situation. Yes. Now, of course, that's a great pressure on each individual black person, which uh-huh. is, 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 shouldn't be put upon us, but, Don't but mess here up. it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yet here it is. And I, and I yes. think it's, yes. it doesn't have to be, you know, don't ever make a mistake, yeah. but, but I think the idea of just resisting the, the historical narrative that is put on us, that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we have to be careful at all times. We have to be on guard. In my life, I have experienced a lot of close friendships um, with white friends who are so open mm. to to my experience. Mm-hmm. And and if we discredit them because we're so our mind is so primed for protection, right? We we miss out mm-hmm. on on learning and training and teaching and growing and really changing our world. Mm-hmm. You know, because change does come with the aggressive interactions, but change also mm-hmm. comes in the gentleness and the and the joining together mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. people, of white yeah. and black people together and, mm-hmm. and seeing that our, our uniqueness and our and our sameness is is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. what I would say. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what you said, like there is a it's, go, it's really going to what you've been saying mm. all along. I hear a common thing, which mm. is like, you know, there's multiple ways to handle and do things. There's yeah. no one singular way. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so if we're going to step into spaces, we almost got to know that and look for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Same to you. Now, what would, what would you say? What would you lead the folks with? What you going to hit them with? <laughs> um, probably a mix of being authentically you mm-hmm. no yep. matter the space you're in mm-hmm. and yeah. then being like our brothers and sisters keeper mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yep. like there have been you'll see small things sometimes mm-hmm. and you'll see it happening to someone who mm-hmm. let's say looks like us or yeah. you know feels yeah. like us and it's 
almost our responsibility to collectively always look out for one another mm -hmm. yeah. because you need that back for you. You know, yeah. it's the hardest thing when you feel like it's just you. You're mm -hmm. alone right. in yeah. those, you know, and it's hard to feel like I can be me mm -hmm. yeah. because you're always feeling like there's something wrong with mm -hmm. being just you. Yeah. And so, like, I saw a situation recently where um, two of our white, like, coworkers said something to one of my black coworkers and was like, oh, yeah, I had loved when your hair was, like, straight or long. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, and I was like, I like this look now. And I mean, she, you know, she's natural, natural. Like yeah, she went on yeah, her natural face. I'm yeah. like, I love all this. And she thanked me the other day, and it didn't even cross my mind that I did that. But I remember feeling like that before. Mm -hmm. Someone made me feel like, oh, now that you're natural, you don't like. Right, I like right, when your right. hair is straight. Yeah. That's nice because I like my hair like this. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And you have mm -hmm. to be okay with owning that and a po and say it positively. There's no no reason for me to hate on you because you mm -hmm. don't understand that mm -hmm. I'm great. In right. this space, yeah. how right. I feel and what I yeah. say, and yep. I love me. Yeah. So yeah. that's my advice to everybody and for myself because I need to keep doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Remind ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. like right. it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate that because that's kind of where my mind is too. Like mm -hmm. I think that's good. That's great advice. Like you'll be okay with with you mm -hmm. no matter where you go because that's what I would say. Like that'd be my advice to all the rest of the people who are coming into this space because especially as I step into new roles and a new kind of like Daryl was saying, like being um. You know, like, being a chief diversity officer, we talked about this the other day, like, a C-level, like, that's, you know, mm -hmm. um, first of all, coming from where I come from and being, you know, 28, and it's like a, I, I'm not going to lie, like, there's an added pressure mm -hmm. to dealing with that, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. what, because I had, once that happened, this is, like, no joke, I had 101 conversations around mm -hmm. All right, this is what you got to do. Right. This is what you got to right. do. Mm -hmm. How you got to dress, what you got to think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what I'm saying? We talked through that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I sat you down. Yeah. I like, <laughs> and appreciate well, it. brother, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. crossed the line. Listen, no, I appreciate that. And, my, and uh, a lot of those came from, and it's all love. It came out of mm -hmm. love places because my uh, one of my homegirls, uh, Crystal, shout out to Crystal, she was like, hey, listen. She's like, I ain't going to lie, brother. You got to take the earrings out. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to do this and do that. And you know, we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. And so I really sat and thought, I'm like, dang. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? What's the move mm -hmm. I'm going to make? And so mm -hmm. when I really thought about it, I reflected back to all the people who I connect with. Like, I've always had, like, there's people who come in, because I'm also assistant basketball coach, mm -hmm. and we get players. But there's players who come from, like, like Justin Vaughn, like, from North Carolina, from a tough area. You mm -hmm. know, Terrell, mm -hmm. he's from Detroit, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it's different people who we connect with. And, I, and I'm always thinking, like, why is that? We mm -hmm. got this. But it's, you know what? Mm -hmm. They look at me. And I still am me in mm -hmm. these spaces. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah. I can connect with those people in a way that other people can't. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's because I'm myself. So mm -hmm. when I got into this new space, it's like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to go ahead and keep it. <laughs> and I appreciated that. But it's like, you know what? Because somebody else said something to me. She said, you know, you are where you are because of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to really have to show the people who look at the spaces that we all are in mm -hmm. and feel like I have to change so much in order to get there and try to pave the way where it's like nah you can be you mm -hmm. and if they don't really want you at the table then fine you're gonna have to find make your own table then right yeah. but you gotta be yourself in that space mm -hmm. because it's gonna encourage others so you know what i don't have to change so mm -hmm. much um and that doesn't mean you don't evolve or you don't adapt or you gotta know time and place right but right. if you could just be you and other people can be inspired by that right. yep. do that because we need authenticity mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i think it's missing a lot in some places mm -hmm. so That'd be my advice. Yeah. I agree. You can keep you know? it funky at Roberts. <laughs> you know hey, like, you can keep it funky at Roberts. I go, the other day, I go like, I, I was in a rush, so I'm pulling in the parking lot, and I looked up, I'm like, I still got my do-rag on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let me get, like, let me get this do-rag on me, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep it too funky. Yeah, the way it was spinning, though. Yeah. Like, it was spinning. Appreciate that. I'm like, let me get this up off me before I get out of this car. 
But um, yeah, hey, listen, y'all, we appreciate y'all being here so much. Let's type it up for the guest one. Thank uh, you so much. My pleasure to be yeah, here, man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we appreciate our producer, Joaquin, over yes. here. He's chilling, holding us down. Shout yeah. out to Joaquin every yeah. time. Y'all can't hear him or see him, but he's holding <laughs> us down, y'all. He holding us down. So um, y'all might be listening, thinking, man, uh, what in the world are they talking about? But look, we might be right. We might be wrong. But at the end of the day, we, we just young, young black, black, and figuring it out. Boy.